Hi, Jay. What's up, Jay? How are you? How's it going? It's going very good. Of course, we have a war in Ukraine. That's big news these days. and uh, That's not good. Uh, right, right. Even things are going okay, but kind of somber in a sense, right? You know, a lot of people affected by this. Yeah, it's all over the news and uh, donations and stuff like that are going everywhere. There is a lot of misinformation uh, and propaganda out there about uh, what's going on in Ukraine, as usually with any with any issue, and more so with the war. So I wanted to find out what, what is truly happening in Ukraine, and I contacted Vitaly, and he's my classmate uh, way back uh, in junior high school in Kiev, Ukraine. Wow, that, he, that's like amazing to, to be able to uh, speak with someone who's close to you, but also close to what's going on over there. Yeah, exactly. He lives in, Uk- in Ukraine, in Kiev, and um, I know I can trust him, and so can our listeners. So I did an interview with him, and this episode is the first part of my interview with Vitaly. Now, the listeners, please keep checking wherever you listen to our podcast. We should have part two very soon. Very good. You want to give sort of like a brief uh, background on Vitaly? Who is he and why is he important in this uh, situation? He, as I said, uh, was my classmate back in Kiev. And um, I just know that he, when he was a kid, you know, there are good kids in the class, bad kids in the class. And he was one of those kids that was a good kid, a kid, a kid you could trust. So uh, I think that's important. All right. That sounds good. So uh, whenever you're ready, we can take it away. Okay. Let's hear it. Hi, Vitalik. Thanks for joining me today on uh, J3 Unscripted. You are in Kiev and I am in New York City. In 1941, when the Nazi forces surrounded and, uh, and bombed Kiev, they were bombing civilian targets and didn't care about civilian casualties. Based on the way that this, the, this war today is going in 2022. How would you say that the Russian forces are treating civilian targets and civilian casualties? Yes, it's a good comparison. World War II and the war that's going on now, I would let myself make a comparison of Hitler with that monster with the name Putin. He purposefully bombs civilian targets, he bombs buildings where people live, kindergartens, schools, he bombs hospitals where they treated children only a few days ago. To him, it does not make a difference what casualties will be from the Ukrainian side. People are nothing to him. Today, it is, it's a different war because technically, technologically, it's a more cruel war. Putin fires at Ukraine with high-precision weapons. There are caliber rockets, Iskander rockets. Moreover, in the city of Kharkiv, he used a vacuum bomb. You need to understand the power wise that power-wise, a vacuum bomb is like a small nuclear weapon. 
except that it does not produce radiation. There are many victims. He simply raises our cities. They bomb Kharkiv for many days. There is great devastation. They bombed the city of Chernigiv for many days. There is much destruction there. They throw bombs on purpose on civilian targets. The pilots of the Russian Air Force do this. Our defense is fighting them and they are able to shoot down a good number of planes. Can you tell me, can you tell me about, I hear that there are a lot of Russian saboteurs in Kiev. Um, and, um, uh, the uh, citizens of Kiev and the Russian saboteurs, they both speak Russian. Uh, how do you recognize them? In Kiev, at the moment of incursion, there were liquidated half a thousand saboteurs. Those were put there long before the war. Many of them lived here for many years. They studied the city geography. They did all not to be distinguishable from the locals. How do we tell them? We ask them a question in Ukrainian, the word Palanitsa. The Russians cannot pronounce this word correctly without an accent. There are other there are other test words. For example, <clears throat> how are Pahva and Pichva different? Pahva is an armpit, while Pichva is the genitals in Ukrainian. Uh, what, what, what do you do with um, the saboteurs once you capture them? Do you take them as prisoners or do you, do you shoot them on the spot? When we succeed at taking a saboteur alive because they're armed and armed well and at an attempt to detain them usually firearms are used that's most of the time so when they give up those that remain did not get killed we call the police and the police take them possibly take them over ukrainian security services i don't know their fate after that but we don't execute them As Russian forces surround Kiev, um, do you start seeing shortages of uh, things like gasoline, food, medical supplies in Kiev? It's been a long time that we experience shortages of medicine. Uh, we also experience shortages of gasoline because Russian high-precision weapons have destroyed oil, oil depots where uh, there were supplies of gasoline and diesel fuel. The situation with food is better. The medicine they deliver from time to time. Even today, we organized medicine delivery to my mother-in-law. They delivered uh, shortage medications to her, even the ones that were hard to get in peace times. Has uh, the term humanitarian crisis uh, been used so far in Ukraine? Yes, we think it is a humanitarian disaster. There are cities that are completely surrounded. 
completely isolated, and the Russian armed forces refused to provide humanitarian corridors for exit of the civilians. And what is happening now, yes, it is a humanitarian catastrophe, because there are deficits of everything. People run away, people are afraid, we are, but we try to stay calm, and everyone in his own location tries to do all for the victory. We do it despite our fears. We do this while the sirens are blaring, signaling that a bombardment is coming. We do this all to win the war. Vitalik, we have listeners who uh, want to donate uh, to, to the Ukrainians and um, they would like to know what what is the most important thing that, that would help the Ukrainians uh, in donations is it uh, uh, medical supplies is it is it food uh, clothes uh, what would you suggest we need absolutely absolutely everything this can be clothes medicine food absolutely anything of course, most of all, we need weapons. We need as many weapons as possible, because we want to destroy the more the better soldiers of the Russian Federation and finish this war. However, we will be happy to get any help, simply any help. Anything you can, because we need everything. And of course, we will be very, very grateful to those people. It's not just our war. People need to understand that Ukraine stands in Putin's way toward the whole world. Putin is not going to stop here. We know what his aim is, because they pronounced this on the floor of the Russian Duma. Those that spoke were the legislators, the military, and Putin himself. Their aim includes Poland, the Baltic states, Hungary and Moldova. I don't know what's in their head. Maybe they want to take all of Europe, as Zhirinovsky had said, as the Belarusian leader Lukashenko said it, that they would win the war with Ukraine in three to four days, and then they wanted to reach the English Channel. There are words that they use. These are the these are the words that they use. That's why Ukraine now stands in the way of the Black Plague so that it does not reach uh, the homes of people in Europe. Uh, there is a lot of talk in the West about the possibility of a nuclear war with Russia. Uh, Vitalik, what do you think about the possibility of a, of a nuclear war with Russia? Is it, is it possible? Is it, is it real? I don't think it's realistic. Whatever Putin says about his readiness to use nuclear weapons, he's not going to use it. I'm totally confident in this. You have to understand the mentality of this person. I think that he bluffs and it works well because people believe him. I grew up in the Soviet Union. I live more than 30 years in the independent Ukraine. And I understand very well the mentality of this person. I understand that he bluffs he uses the fact that many people don't understand his mentality. I am absolutely sure 
that no nuclear strike is possible, especially if you consider that those people that will make a decision after him about using nuclear weapons, because it's not him who pushes a button and the rocket is launched. There are six or seven layers of control that his order has to pass for the launch to happen. They are all very wealthy people and they have something to lose. They have families abroad, they have real estate, although now they can freeze real estate. But they still have families abroad and they will not fire on their families. I think that they're bluffing.